I want to see the Steelers continue to win, and I really don't care what Kenny Pickett thinks about that. I don't care what his feelings are about this whole situation. He's going to have a plenty of time to lick his wounds and get himself together for next training camp. And so I am all for Mason Rudolph going out there and playing like there's no tomorrow because there is no tomorrow. I think this team spent 15 weeks of the season playing like they didn't want to lose instead of playing like they wanted to win. And it wasn't until Mason Rudolph became the starting quarterback that they played like they wanted to win. And that's all anybody's wanted to see from this team all year. So I am I am team Mason Rudolph as far as he will take the team this year and then open it up to a competition in the offseason. Welcome to the show. It's the Steelers Wire podcast. It's great to have you with us as we continue our 2024 season into the playoffs. I'm joined as always by Kurt Popejoy. Kurt's the managing editor of USA Today Steelers Wire. Kurt, you still got football to cover, my friend. Are you surprised? I think the Steelers had, what, a 4% chance of making the playoffs after the loss to New England? I I really do feel like I should send, you know, a fruit basket to the to the Titans for for making it possible. That was sweet. We'll take it. Just quick programming note for those listening. Maybe you've been joining us all season long and we appreciate you. If you're new to the program, hit subscribe. Uh, We'll be covering the Steelers throughout the playoff run into the offseason a little bit as well. Free agency draft. That's when the uh, USA Today wire sites do some of their best work. uh, Kurt and the Steelers wire included. So We'll be around subscribing is a great idea because you won't miss any of the content. It was an unlikely road to the playoffs for the Steelers. Kurt, they made it. Now they head to Buffalo without their best player, right? I think that's the big story yeah. uh, for yeah. Pittsburgh right now. Not only TJ Watt, but just, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. He says he's playing, but just going to uh, Buffalo without TJ Watt, the Steelers are a lot better football team when they have TJ Watt. Are they one in 10 in there? One and, one, ten. And, one and ten one without and ten him. Without Watt. Yeah. Yep. So, what do you think about the Steelers heading to Buffalo? <clears throat> Tough test, anyway. But now you're down your best player. Well, I I think the biggest thing. I mean, you don't you don't replace T.J. Watt. I mean, that's the thing. Is a lot of people have been talking up Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig, and I think they're both going to be play great. I think they're both going to play their hearts out, do everything they can do. But they're still not T.J. Watt. They're 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 not going to do the things he he can do on the field. I think the biggest thing that works in the Steelers' favor is the fact that the weather is not going to allow either team to really establish a downfield passing game. And so I, I think that the the impact of Watt not being there is mitigated a little bit um, by the fact that they're going to have to run the ball. Both teams are going to want to run the ball. And I think that, that, that if, if there's anything that lessens the blow of losing your best player <clears throat> is the fact that what he does best isn't probably going to be needed quite as much as it would be under normal circumstances. If this game were being played in, in even moderately normal weather, you know, without 50 monarch wind gusts and, and snow and sub-zero temperatures, then TJ Watt not being there is probably the difference maker that keeps the Steelers from having a chance to win because it, it, Josh Allen can, can mix in enough throwing with running the ball. That, that yeah, just makes it, him so difficult to deal with. But I think the fact that he's not going to have those opportunities to throw the ball down the field, I I think kind of does help Pittsburgh. Um, I think getting Minka Fitzpatrick back this week, you know, he says he's 110% said he could have played last week. Um, I think that helps a lot. I think getting, um, 
Kazee back, the other safety helps because there is going to be so much running the football. Everybody was a full participant at practice today except TJ Watt. So that's a good sign. Everybody was out there going full speed. Um, so I think I think that does does, you know, give a little bit of hope that that maybe what TJ brings to the table would is gonna isn't gonna be quite as important as it would be any other week. Yeah, the the weather's gonna be crazy. I think uh winds from twenty to thirty miles per hour pretty much sustained, but then you're gonna have gusts. Mm-hmm up to 50 miles per hour, which you just said. It reminds me of a game the Bills played with New England a couple years ago. We'll talk about that. Uh, One thing I did want to check in with you on, Kurt, I talked to Allison Kohler, one of your correspondents, last week on the show. We talked a lot Mm -hmm. about the Mason uh, Rudolph-Kenny Pickett dynamic, Uh, and and that would be another question. Again, if we're not not dealing with these crazy wins and what could make this a ground-and-pound kind of AFC North kind of game. The Steelers might be more comfortable in that setting. I agree with you 100%. Uh, Another question would be, in a perfect setting, can the Steelers keep up with Buffalo with Mason Rudolph? He's done really well. He's come in. He's led the Steelers to wins over the Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens to get them in the playoffs. Uh, But what do you think about this, right? Tomlin, they've been careful with how they've worded this, right? Even Tomlin's used words like riding the hot hand. Uh, You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And then you can don't want to upset the apple cart. A hundred percent. Yeah. This week. Not upsetting the apple cart and the team kind of not so subtly putting out that unofficial depth chart with Kenny Pickett still listed as QB one, even though we, we know mm-hmm. he's not going to play. So it seems like they are being careful about how they word this. They're trying to say, Hey, Kenny, you're still our guy in 2024 yeah. or into the off season. But right now we're riding Mason Rudolph because he got us here. But again, yeah. as I said last week to uh, Allison, I've said it to you as well. You know, Kenny Pickett, there's no way he's he's feeling happy about the situation no when he no had the way. ankle injury, got that surgery to get back as soon as possible, got himself ready to go, and the job wasn't there because Mason Rudolph had taken it. And now they're just yeah. saying, just sit on the sideline, kid, and you could try again in the training camp. He, he's got to be pissed. I think it was the right call. That's, Obviously, the Steelers are in the playoffs. Absolutely. It was the right call. Absolutely. But you know Kenny Pickett's sitting there pissed. What do you think about this whole situation? I, I think you're exactly right. I don't. I don't think there's any way – you could be the biggest team player and you can, you know, be all about the team and all that. But the the added factor of him getting that surgery to try to accelerate his recovery and then to get literally nothing for it, it has to sting. I, I can't imagine, you know, the, the <clears throat> players have come out. I think, I think uh, Mike Sullivan, the offensive court, offensive play caller, quarterbacks coach, he made a comment that all the guys were getting along great. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that Kenny Pickett isn't at least a little, you know, pouting a little bit about this. The problem is, is there is no, and Allison wrote a piece about this. There is no scenario that puts Kenny Pickett back on the field this year, except an injury to Mason Rudolph. Because as long as he's winning, he's going to keep that job. Mike Tomlin's going to keep, keep him in the lineup. You know, Mason Rudolph has the entire team kind of energized. You, the, the, all the even defensive players are being asked about Mason Rudolph's impact on the team and how they they just kind of gush about his leadership and his confidence. <clears throat> you know how at ease he is. Um, you know you got to figure Mason Rudolph didn't get signed until late May. He probably wasn't even sure he was coming back to the NFL. And here he is now, bided his time, sat as the third quarterback all year long, never complained, 
never, you know, there was never any, any issue with that. He gets his opportunity and he's playing with house money. He's got nothing to lose. You know, he's going out there playing confident. He, he you know, he was just kind of thrust into this position. And I think that it's, it, it's just, it's one of those situations that I want to see the Steelers continue to win. And I really don't care what Kenny Pickett thinks about that. I don't care what his feelings are about this whole situation. He's going to have a plenty of time to lick his wounds and get himself together for next training camp. And so I am all for Mason Rudolph going out there and playing like there's no tomorrow because there is no tomorrow. I think this team spent 15 weeks of the season playing like they didn't want to lose instead of playing like they wanted to win. And it wasn't until Mason Rudolph became the starting quarterback that they played like they wanted to win. And that's all anybody's wanted to see from this team all year. So I am I am team Mason Rudolph as far as he will take the team this year and then open it up to a competition in the offseason. Could there be a short leash for Mason Rudolph if it's if they're struggling? I know maybe it's not going to be that kind of game with the weather, but do you think the leash is short or do you think it's ride or die Mason Rudolph? I, I think that they're I think the leash is there. Um one thing that makes me wonder how bad it would have to be was he had some issues last week, you know, due to the weather and, and Mike Tomlin stuck with him. So I would think it would have to be at least as bad as what he did, you know, the ball security issues that he had last week. Um, but they were still trying to play their regular game plan last week for a pretty good chunk of the game. And then they realized, Hey, maybe we ought to just hand it off to Najee Harris and, and see what happens. And I think they're going to start the game that way. So I don't. I don't think Mason Rawls is going to be in a position to to make as many mistakes as he did last week. But oh, I have no doubt, and I'm sure that Mike Tomlin has told them that if this is ultimately my decision, my team, my decision, and if I think things are going sideways and it's something that could be corrected, he he won't hesitate to make a change. But. I just have a hard time believing that that quarterback is going to be the reason either of these teams win or lose this week. Yeah, and, and to that point, let's get into this game against the Bills a little bit, Kurt. Uh, the Bills are 10-point favorites at home. I think in a perfect weather game, this is not a great matchup for the Steelers. We saw it last year. They got undressed by this team 38-3. to uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't know if it's a great matchup, but let let's see what the weather does. I like like we kind of alluded to earlier. I think the Steelers will be comfortable in this kind of grinded out, low scoring game if that's what it is, a ground and pound kind of game. And the Bills, since they switched to Joe Brady as their coordinator, they they fired Ken Dorsey, went to Joe Brady. They've been more of a running football team, so we'll see Josh Allen's running more. They're handing it off more, throwing it less. Uh, you know, I think the Bills. They certainly have played down to their competition a little bit this year. They're on a five game win streak, I believe, but. They barely survived the Chargers with Easton Stick. You know what I mean? They yeah. had a they had another close game in there. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head which which one. I'll pull it up. But they had another close game that was kind of ugly. Uh, oh, it was against the Patriots, um, where yeah. the Patriots returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. They came out sleepwalking. You know, the Bills are kind of that team. Even this past weekend, with everything on the line to win the AFC East against the Miami Dolphins, they kind of sleptwalked for a lot of that game, <laughs> turned it over a ton in the first half, down by seven at halftime got a punt return for a touchdown to turn it around in the second half. So they have, they're not a, a perfect football team, but no, they're also not no. a team that you can get away from, right? The bills are always going to be close. They're always going to be in it and they're always going to have a chance to win at the end. And they have a great quarterback, right? So uh, they're Absolutely. scary. They're scary. First round matchup. What's kind of your, uh, your gut reaction on just the matchup in general and the Steelers chances here. 
I think I think the biggest thing that worries me is the fact that that Josh Allen can run the ball so well. I think that if I'm if I'm the the Bills coaches, I set up a lot of plays that look like passes and and let him kind of improvise a little bit with his feet. You know, that's in a in a game like this, you know, having played football in bad weather, you know, the offense always kind of has an advantage because they know where they're going and the defense doesn't know where they're going. And so when footing is a question, an offense that can that can use misdirection and things like that a lot of times has a pretty distinct advantage. And I think that's something that Josh Allen's ability to run the ball is is terrifying to me. Pittsburgh's got two really good running backs, and I think they're going to line up Harris and Jalen Warren, and they're going to pound at Buffalo, and the offensive line is going to keep doing what they've been doing. But I think you flip it to the other side, and you've got a couple of really good running backs there, and then you've got Josh Allen. And that, to me, that matchup to me is one that if they still had Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, um, those guys in there at inside linebacker, even TJ Watt, who's pretty underrated as a run run defender, um, <clears throat> I would feel much better about this. I expect to see Minka Fitzpatrick just kind of living up around the line of scrimmage as an extra run defender spying. Miles um, Jack, you know, he's been great coming off the practice squad. I look for him to spy Josh Allen too. Um, but yeah, this this matchup to me, I mean, I know that if this were sunny days, um, I wouldn't give Pittsburgh much of a chance at all, really. I mean, I just don't think I don't think their their defense can deal with with the the balance that the Bills have now that they they're more confident running the ball. So uh, I, yeah, it's, but Josh Allen's the, the, he's the, he's the scary one. He's a little reckless. He can be a little reckless with the football, which isn't, isn't a bad thing on a, on a windy, snowy, cold day. But I think he learned last week, we got to take better care of the football early in the game and, and settle down a little bit. So yeah, it's a, you know, I, th- I think he learned his lesson last week. He, he got a little reckless. Um, so I don't, I don't expect that this week. Yeah, but we we would take a few uh, interceptions, Josh. If you just want to chuck us a few, you, you know bet, what I mean. But yeah, I, I've pulled some stats on this because I find it fascinating. Allen was not running as much early in the year under Ken Dorsey, and I I know Ken Dorsey got fired, and he was the scapegoat of the Bills' early struggles. They started the season five and five, but I don't think it was Ken Dorsey's decision to have Josh Allen run less. I think it was a Sean McDermott. Brandon yeah. Bean, like higher level <laughs> decision saying, Josh, sure. we want to keep you healthy. And what's interesting about them switching to Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator is, yes, the running backs are more involved in the passing game and running game, right? They're handing it off more. They're throwing it to mm-hmm. the backs more. But Josh Allen has been fully unleashed in the run game. Uh, yeah. It's it's If you look at just the seven game sample size under Joe Brady in seven games, Allen has more rushing yards than he had in the first 10 games with Ken mm-hmm. Dorsey. Uh, the last seven games under Joe Brady, uh, Josh Allen, 63 carries, 278 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, so he is he's a weapon. And especially in like do or die situations, must win games. He runs it a lot. So Josh Allen's going to be um, a problem. And, you know, yeah. why are the Chiefs so hard to beat, Kurt? It's because Pat Mahomes picks up a zillion third downs on scrambles that no one even remembers yeah. when the game's over, but that's why, you know, the chiefs end up winning a game is because right. he does these hidden, he gets these hidden yards. And I think that's what makes the bills really hard to beat. Is that oh. when Josh Allen is used and unleashed in the run game, that makes them virtually unstoppable. Um, you know, it well, makes them really hard to beat. Go ahead. He never has to, you know, he never has to throw the ball away. I mean, that's one of the things about a player like him or, 
or Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, you know, Mason Rudolph drops back to pass. If it's not there, he's got to either force it or throw it away or take a sack. Josh Allen knows he can always tuck it and take off. And that, and now that he does that, like you said, those, those hidden third down conversions that you, your secondary does its job and they lock everybody down and pressure's coming and boom, he pops out for eight yards and slides and gets a first down. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I worry about. Yep. A hundred percent. Now the good news for Steelers fans is that the bills played a game in this kind of weather against the Patriots a couple years ago. I referenced it earlier and Mac Jones, the Patriots won this game 14 to 10 Kurt Mac Jones is passing line. Do you remember? You want to take a stab at it? I know he didn't throw the ball more than a handful of times. He was two for three passing for 19 yards in the game. Yeah. And Josh Allen, he threw it 30 times, uh, but he only completed 15 of those passes, 145 yards. It was, uh, it was a game where Josh Allen was chucking it into the wind, trying to get it to Stephon Diggs, and it was not working. Uh, the Bills seem a little bit more uh, happy running the football or more confident running the football, as you said now. But the Patriots beat the Bills. 14 to 10 a couple years ago with 50 mile per hour wind gusts, which is what we're expecting in this ball game. Sub zero mm-hmm. temperatures, all that. They ran the football, they controlled it. Josh Allen's uh, aerial attack was mitigated from the wind, and the Patriots won this game 14 to 10. It's if the Steelers win it, Kurt, I feel like it's that kind of score, right? They they got to they got to grind out a, sh- a, a a really close game and probably do just like they did against the Ravens, hit a play, you know. Grind, grind, yeah. grind, and then hit a play, right? And then maybe they got a shot. But is that maybe that's the blueprint? You go back a couple of years, look at that Patriots 14 10 win over Buffalo in the 50 mile per hour wing gusts and in Buffalo, by the way, and try to do it again. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing that <clears throat> I'm going to write about actually tomorrow is I think that both teams have to think about how do we mitigate the impact of the kicking game? Sure. You know, the Steelers have already had enough trouble punting the football in, in any, any weather. At this point, they brought in Brad Wing again. I don't know if that's because they're planning on benching Presley Harvin, but the fewer times he has to be on the field, the better. And so I expect the Steelers to take some more shots. If it's fourth and one or fourth and two, I expect to see them go for it more and try to take the punting game out of it. Same thing with kicking field goals. I mean, how are you going to kick field goals with 50 mile an hour wind gusts? You know, that's going to, that's going to make everything more difficult. So I think you're, I think that's another part of the, the game. Which coaching staff is preparing better to contend with the problems that their special teams are going to have? Before we get into our uh, official predictions, Kurt and picks against the spread, how much credit should Mike Tom- Tomlin get, or does he deserve, I should say, for the turnaround? Right, the Steelers going mm-hmm. from basically back to back brutal losses at home to the Cardinals and Patriots, where everyone was writing them off and speculating whether Tomlin would be fired to us talking about another playoff game. How much credit does he deserve for that? I I think you got to give him a lot for keeping the team together. I I think that you have to, I think, I think you have to give him credit for the fact that he swallowed his pride, put loyalty aside and fired Matt Canada. I think there was so much outside noise that he had to do that. And I think you got to give him credit for that. I think that they were on the right track and then Kenny Pickett got hurt. And so you had to kind of wade through that period until Mason Rudolph got in there. And so, you know, the fact that, that Mike Tomlin was willing to sit down Trubisky for Mason Rudolph, not a big deal. I, you know, both of them backups. 
I don't know that you're you're breaking ground by starting one over the other at that point. I think the fact that he's stuck with Mason Rudolph, you, you have to give him credit for that too, because he's got a first round draft pick sitting on the bench. You know, the guy the the local hero, you know, trained in the same facility in college and you know, all these things. So I give I give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit for that. I I, th- I can appreciate the fact that he was willing to fire somebody that he probably really didn't want to fire. Helped it galvanize the team, get the offense together. Even if schematically it didn't change a ton, I think it I think it was hat it was necessary. And then to stick with Mason Rudolph, I think he has to get credit for that too. You lost all of your linebackers. <laughs> all your linebackers yeah. got got injured. You lost Cam Hayward for a stretch. You lost Minka Fitzpatrick for a stretch. Uh, you had those brutal losses, like I said, to those two win football teams. And you got yourself, you gave yourself a chance, and you're back in the playoffs. I yeah. think uh, you got to give it the to the middle him. of the defense. You know the safeties. Oh. You know Keanu Neal goes on IR. Minka Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Demonte Kazee gets suspended. Trenton Thompson just went on IR. I mean, yeah, the middle of their defense took a beating. Absolutely. And and here we are talking about the Bills. And I think, you know, going, you know, going back to what we were saying when we were kind of previewing this matchup, Kurt, I think if it was a, you know, temperatures in the 40s with normal wind gusts, I would uh mm-hmm. I would probably pick the Bills to cover the 10 points. Uh, I would yes. feel pretty confident in it. There's a few reasons why I'm not so sure I'm going to do that. Uh, I still think I think the Bills win. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. I think they're going to find a way to pull it out. But there's a few reasons why I think the Steelers could keep this close and have a chance. And a few reasons why I think I want to take the points in this game. Now, first of all, the Bills are banged up themselves. They have a ton of injuries on defense, including, uh, you know, Razul Douglas. He's got a knee. I think he's going to be fine. But Gabe Davis has a sprain in his knee. Tyrell Dodson, that he has a shoulder injury. He's the linebacker that filled in for... Um, Matt Milano, their star linebacker, who they lost for the season, they've they've dealt with tons of injuries on defense. They have they're you know a little bit banged up. They've been playing for their lives the last month and a half or so, just like the Steelers have. The Bills are also two and six against the spread uh, when it's over seven points this year. That's just something, right? Uh, something mm-hmm. to, to think about. But I I look at these games when I'm looking at it from a you know picking against the spread type of situation. You have a total as low as 36, but a spread as high as 10. I like to take the points in that kind of matchup. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Uh, so the total is is really low, 36. The spread is 10. I think I want to take the the, the points. But again, I, I can't take the uh, Steelers to win it outright. I just I think that would be irresponsible, Kurt, even though it, that would be uh, oh, really absolutely. fun. That would be really fun. The Steelers have lost five straight to AFC East teams, so... For some reason, they have not been able to get that monkey off their back. But, you know, because of that low total and because of the high spread and this matchup kind of working in stylistically the way the Steelers will be comfortable with, a you know, as an AFC North grinded out kind of team, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take these 10 points and and uh, and see what happens. What do you think? I think that's fair. I, I, I definitely think that the the 10 points – in, in a game with this kind of weather is just too much. I'm not sure either team will score 10 points at this point. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't yeah. know, much less to have a 10-point split between the two of them. So, yeah, I would definitely take the points um, with confidence. I that, that wouldn't be an issue for me at all. So, 
I think it's going to be close, but I'm kind of like you. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to win this game outright. I think that ultimately Josh Allen's going to wear them down. I think that they're going to, you know, like you talked about with Pittsburgh, they need to play, you know, grind it, grind it, grind it, then break a big play. In my head, it tells me that Josh Allen's going to be the guy that's going to make that big play, whether it's a dump off, you know, a little dump off pass to a back or to Dalton Kincaid and he runs it, takes it for a long touchdown or something. Mm -hmm. I just have a feeling that's the way this game's going to go. Yeah, I think we know Sean McDermott's going to, you know, the old get the F back strategy with his safeties. He's yeah. he's not going to let George Pickens go over the top on him. He's just no, not. No. So, uh, you know, they're going to hit one of those slants. They're going to keep their safeties back. Uh, they're not going to give up any big plays. Uh, they're going to make the Steelers grind and, and, you know, chip away at it. But, yeah, I think the 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 fact that Josh Allen has legs and, and Mason Rudolph is kind of a – he's kind of in the pocket kind of deal – uh, it's an yeah, advantage oh, yeah. for it's it's an advantage for Buffalo. Which game do you think has worse weather, uh, or the weather impacts it more? Do you think it's Buffalo or Kansas City this weekend, Kurt? Oh, Kansas City for sure. Yeah, those those boys from Miami don't know what they're driving oh, up man. into. What a I, loss I for them in, last week. I live week. in the Kansas. I live in Chiefs country. That that weather up there is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be far worse. I well, that's what I said when I saw the weather forecast last week. I immediately tweeted out, "I'm rooting for Buffalo." Because I didn't want Pittsburgh to come to Kansas City. Even though I probably could be at the game, I was not, I did not want Pittsburgh to come, you know, negative 30 temps, negative 50 wind chill. No, 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 nobody wants that. So might be the coldest game in NFL history, they're saying. They they said it's like second or third if the if the forecast holds. Yeah. yeah. Go from 80 and I degrees. believe the Dolphins played in like one of the other top two. Yeah. So they did, yeah. They, they love this stuff. They go from what seventy five degrees right now in Miami to that. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. wow. That's uh, yeah. that's gonna be crazy. It'll be fun to see it all play out. But uh, Kurt, we got more football to cover, man. I hope you have a, a great bit. weekend, man. Enjoy, enjoy some playoff football, and looking forward to yes, getting back sir. on here and breaking it down next week. Sounds good. All right, for Kurt Popejoy, Ryan O'Leary, thank you so much to the listeners for listening, for sticking with us throughout the season, hopping on board for the playoffs. Keep an eye on us in the offseason as well. We'll catch you next week.